afternoon. Uh, welcome to the Alberta Mentoring Partnership uh, webinar on serving SGD youth, which we'll get into shortly. SGD stands for Sexual and Gender Diverse Youth. We're showcasing for you today the new SGD Youth Mentoring Program Guide. We're excited to share this resource with you and are joined by two special guests, Amy Jeske, who's the Mentoring Manager, and Alex Jansen, who's the Match Facilitator, both from Boys and Girls Clubs, Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Edmonton. So thank you very much for joining us here today. Before we get started, uh, my name is Michael Jans. I'm the Partnership Engagement Manager with the Alberta Mentoring Partnership. And with me here is Andy Harris, who is uh, uh, basically all things tech support and uh, uh, communications leadership with the AMP. So one of the first things we're gonna do is show you how you can interact with this webinar today. The best way is to ask questions. So throughout the presentation, you can type in your questions and we'll get to them at the end. Um, there's a chat box on this side. Uh, we, uh, it's on the right-hand side of your control panel. You can type in a question and uh, we can also ask you to respond to a poll just to make sure that you're connecting. So my question for you is, how many of you currently serve SGD youth? Uh, so we can put that into a poll and uh, no, I'm seeing that we actually can't. So I, how about this? I'm going to ask you to say hello in the chat box just to make sure that you can hear me loud and clear. And this is uh, coming through before we start the presentation. So I see a number of you are uh, tuning in. That's excellent. Thank you so much. Um, so we'll get started. Once again, all of our webinars are available. We post them to our YouTube channel, albertamentors.ca. Click on the little YouTube link and we'll take you there. As well, we record the audio for our podcast. So for those of you who wish to view the meeting after the fact with staff meeting or use it as training for new volunteers or new staff members, absolutely all of this is available. If there's a way that we can help you with your mentoring e-learning needs, please do reach out to us at any time, mentor.support at albertamentors.ca. So um, with all that said, I think, we, I think we're going to jump into the uh, webinar here today. So Let's talk about the Youth Mentoring Program Guide. There's a growing awareness that sexual and gender diverse in-person mentoring relationships can serve an essential role for SGD youth, they, as they would be well positioned to offer ongoing support to the needs of youth as they navigate these phases of exploring, accepting, and sharing their identity with others. Given that SGD youth face unique challenges, and there is a strong belief that uh, mentors can help them positively navigate these challenges, Many organizations have started taking an interest in developing new programs or improving existing programming to address the unique needs of SGD youth. This guide was created by BGC Biggs, Boys and Girls Clubs, Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Edmonton as a resource for the Alberta Mentoring Partnership. However, the guide can be a reference for youth and community organizations in Alberta and Canada who are interested in this work. This guide contains recommendations and best practices for working with SGD youth and highlights program design considerations. The program design elements in this manual could be tailored for use in existing mentorship programs that wish to serve SGD youth more effectively, or they could provide the basis for a standalone mentorship program principally focused on SGD youth and mentors. I've heard from some of you that you operate small programs that you don't have the capacity to specialize um, too closely. And I would say that uh, this guide is still valuable for you because it has advice and support and considerations that you can think about in terms of better serving all of the youth of the program. 
I think an inclusive mentoring program is good for everybody, whether uh, you consider yourself part of a specialized population or not. So great thanks on all of this work to the Pride Center of Edmonton, uh, all of our partners who pulled this together, the BGC Biggs SGD Working Group, our partners in Calgary, Winnipeg, and of course at uh, Mentor in the United States. So uh, welcome to Amy and Alex. Uh, thank you both uh, for joining us here today. And I, I would love to hear from you as we get started. Uh, tell us about your background and why mentoring. Hi, Michael. Thanks for having us. Um, I'm Amy and I'm the mentoring manager here at the agency. And I oversee the community-based one-to-one team. So that's supporting the traditional big brother, big sister matches, uh, our youth and care program and the circle all under that umbrella. Uh, so when we ran the queer mentoring program here in Edmonton, um, I also was a part of that. Hi, my name is Alex Jansen. Um, I've been with the agency for two and a half years, uh, supporting matches in the community-based program, the youth development program, and also the queer mentoring program. I provide match monitoring and support to open matches. Um, I was also a big sister myself, and therefore I can speak on the benefits of mentoring from a staff member agency perspective and also a past volunteer within the agency as well. Awesome. So in particular, um, why is sexual and gender diverse mentoring important? Um, so I've worked with uh, matches in the past on frontline and also now as a manager of the team, um, seeing how Mentoring can change the trajectory of a child's life and open the doors that their family didn't know was possible. Um, through this work, we've seen how valuable this can be to the youth in the program that need an accepting adult that they um, either identify with or can relate to them um, and support them in that unique way. Alex, do you have anything else to fill in there? Um, yeah, I mean, mentoring is gen in general is just that added extra bonus of support for any individual, um, specifically speaking in our agency for our kids and youth. Mentoring just consists of that relationship focused on supporting the growth and development of any mentee. Um, just the, the mentor becomes that source of wisdom, teaching, uh, role modeling, and that support. Uh, sexual and gender diverse mentoring programs offer specific support in the youth development with their own identity. So in addition to usual adversity that you face while growing up, such as peer pressure and socialization skills, uh, sexual and gender diverse youth are also challenged with other specifically um, issues such as you know, discrimination, uh, mixed identity that maybe a mentor who are also inclusive with you shared or similar challenges. They could provide or offer um, direct perspectives or extra support for those youth with those experiences. Uh, sexual gender diverse mentoring programs are designed specifically to meet the needs of those sexual gender diverse youth. So would it be fair to say that we've had sexual and gender diverse youth for a long time in our programs? We've had sexual gender diverse mentors for a long time in our programs. We're just now through this uh, program guide and through our practices trying to be more inclusive and thoughtful about how everybody is made to feel welcome in the agency. Is that sort of the intent? Yes, for sure. Um, we know that there are matches with our traditional program today that aren't in a standalone program um, and that there have been for a long time. This uh, work has informed how we um, ensure that we are inclusive within the agency. Uh, that was a big piece of taking on the program um, and showing us where we could improve as well. 
Um, so it's uh, it's like many of our resources. It's not a one size fits all solution. You have to serve kids this way. It's just uh, you create you helped create this um, program guide in a way to um, provoke readers to think about things differently, to have to consider different um, uh, pieces as they go ahead in, in developing and operating the program. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think I uh, um, I appreciate that. That's that's great because we have across Alberta all kinds of different uh, a spectrum of support in terms of capacity, size, ability, etc. And obviously, different cultures have different needs too. So, yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit. Uh, you didn't uh, you didn't do this alone. You had partners helping you develop this guide. So, who who else were consulted? So we had representatives um, on a working group with us to help develop this toolkit from the Pride Centre, uh, the Youth Emergency Shelter Society, Edmonton Public Schools, and uh, incorporating the voice of youth, parents, volunteers, and staff. So through this journey, uh, what were some of the learnings that you encountered along the way? This work allowed us to reflect on our broader agency policies and guidelines and inclusiveness throughout uh, our staff training, programming. Um, we're still on this path as an agency and how it will inform how we operate. We all also recognize there is the need for a standalone program. So we went back and forth a little bit on, could we just incorporate this as a bigger part of what we do? But what we found is that it was actually important for us to have a standalone option or to also integrate matches into the traditional program so that they could choose what was gonna be most beneficial to them. We know that the relationship with our staff uh, and building trust, safety, and connection was important to have the youth buy into the program. One of our greatest learnings was that it became a challenge to find the youth to participate in the standalone program. Interesting. As many yeah, are not actually out publicly or maybe not in all areas of their lives. So we had to work case by case when um, working with these youth and the parental permission piece in the client enrollment process if they're not out to their family or maybe they come from a home that's um, not accepting. Uh, there's quite a range of potential scenarios around that. So we learned that you have to um, approach each youth as very unique in their own unique situation. Yeah, so would the youth typically to participate in the program, were they self-identifying? Were they nominated? How did, how, what was the journey like for them to get to you? A little, of both. Um, they would have parents that would identify that their child has um, come out to them, whether that's identifying as a trans youth or gay, um, and the parent feeling that they needed extra support. Um, so many families were not um, well versed in the LGBTQ community themselves and wanted an adult that could support their child uh, or the program support them. So that was a big piece. Uh, we had some information from schools that they identified youth that they were working with in the in-school mentoring program as well, uh, which we didn't anticipate uh, off the bat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alex, uh, so from the, from the, your, your role in supporting these relationships, would you share with us a story of a mentor or mentee positively impacted? Uh, I'd love to hear more about how this actually has, has come to life. 
Mm -hmm, definitely. So we currently have uh, seven matches still open within our career mentoring program. Uh, so while I could share an ample amount of positive stories from matches who I've been supporting, um, just to provide with you one of my favorites. So um, to respect the privacy of change the names of the individuals. Um, so we have mentee Morgan um, has been matched to his mentee Taylor for almost a year. Um, Morgan's family applied to the program for Morgan because Morgan was going through the transition from female to male. Uh, his family lacked the knowledge about transgender, and therefore um, they felt they could not provide that extra guidance or support that Morgan needed at the time of his transitioning. So understanding that uh, his family doesn't know everything and that he's going what he's going through, a mentor really helped him support him through these challenges. Um, Taylor has been providing Morgan with different support he needs based on where he is at with his transitioning, uh, ensuring that Morgan's readiness is always kind of that center of priorities. Um, Morgan had expressed an interest in wanting to go see and experience a drag show for the first time. Uh, he didn't really feel comfortable attending with his family and friends and fear that he might uh, be judged or not be accepted of this. Uh, so Morgan and Taylor were, were at this stage in their match where they both felt pretty open and comfortable with each other. And therefore, Megan, or Morgan shared his desire to see a drag show with Taylor. Um, they, attend, they did attend their first drag show together about two months ago, and they both thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, Taylor shared um, her experience with uh, taking Morgan to his first Drake show. It was really positive and uplifting. Uh, she was supported to know that Morgan saw their match as a really safe place for him to experiment um, with his new identity and also to explore those experiences as being part of the LGBTQ community. Uh, Taylor has also been able to experience these things with Morgan um, in her own different light and perspective as well. Uh, Taylor has also introduced some of her friends to Morgan, who are a part of the LGBTQ community. So Morgan just can learn and know that there are positive connections and friends um, that he can make within the community who do support um, individuals just like himself. No, oh, awesome. Well, let's uh, let's maybe uh, uh, encourage all of the listeners on the webinar today to download a copy of the toolkit and follow along with us, and let's have a bit of a conversation about. Um, what is included. So let's uh, let's take a look at the program guide and uh, open it up here. Andy has included, if you go into the right-hand side panel of the webinar, you're able to download a PDF of the toolkit. If not, you can go on albertamentors.ca and find it there after the fact. Um, we'll, we'll pop the, the, the link into the, into the conversation box. You can click it there and download it. Um, as always, we ask you to put in your email so we can survey you after the fact on the utility of the guide, any improvements we need to make, et cetera. So um, we will, uh, as we pull, so is the link shared? Awesome. So please open that document and follow along with us. We'll have a bit of conversation um, about that. So, so let's, let's jump to the table of contents and see what's included. Awesome. So uh, um, do... Amy, would you like to tell us more about um, about about this and uh, what's what's included in the resource? Yeah, for sure. Um, so we open up the document by sharing where a lot of this information was gathered from. So I did mention that we had representatives here working with us on the content, but also um, there was information gathered from other sources and research out there as well. So that is listed in the introduction. Um, we give glossaries of terms as well as there are many uh, terms to refer to and just ensure that the 
uh, document is clear and who we are referring to um, in this program. I thought that was uh, I thought that was quite helpful because um, there is a I think it's the next page. Um, there's a there's a link to I found those terms very helpful because um, not only for for me I I know language is constantly evolving and uh, different terms that used to be preferred and are now maybe not and uh, um, in in general I think that saying about always just ask people how they'd like to be referred to is always always true so. Um, uh, for the listeners who are interested, I think this is great for professional development for your staff as well, just to think about and to know where these different terms come from. Yeah, it's a great starting place. And we recognize um, as time goes on, the, some of these might change or shift. Um, so it's not all inclusive either, but we hope it gives everyone a base place to start from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then always, you know, we need to make sure our programs are effective. So we have a whole section on uh, a program overview, outcome measurement, evaluation, how to set up a theory of change. Um, do you want to share with us a little bit about how, how you brought that to life in your program? Sure. We, um, we did reference our existing logic model for our agency when we serve youth. Uh, so that is included um, as well as short-term, mid-term, and long-term goals and outcomes. So this is tailored to, of course, the SGD uh, population that we're speaking to in this program guide, but it was also drawn from our logic model that we work off within our agency as well. Um, yeah, so it, it, has some, uh, it has some great uh, um, thoughts about that, about how to Think about your measurement goals and uh, um, how to connect with people. Let's jump over to that um, program theory and logic model you were talking about. So I, I found this I found this to be really interesting, um, and I see you ha you had some sort of uh, language populated in, in there as examples. Um, but um, do you uh, when you actually were implementing the program, did you find that this was sort of a, a uh, help for you and as you evolved? Yes, you know, it, it outlines um, the program in a really clear path so that you know what uh, you are looking for in terms of impact and the activities that you'll be partaking in um, as part of the program and to guide you through the outputs, the awareness, the impact that outlines uh, and then your long-term goals. So it also outlines the, um, the outcome measures at the end. So what we'd hope to see for the youth participating in this program and for the mentors and the families. So it's a really uh, comprehensive guide as well to walk you through when, if you are implementing this within your own agency. I like the way it talks about not only mentors are positively impacted by the mentoring experience or mentees, not just mentees, but mentors as well. And then even one layer further, families and I would say even communities are positively impacted by uh, the presence of uh, uh, mentoring opportunities. So yeah, I think it's I think it's great to think think big like that. Yeah, for sure. So in terms of the program setup, I found this was very helpful. These are great checklists that all mentoring programs should be thinking about uh, in terms of program definition, budgets, insurance, staffing, training, supports, recruitment, uh, all, all of uh, all of these pieces, match supervision and monitoring. Um, did you? Uh, and and I, I I I can't remember exactly when I read this last thing, but did you have a, a a higher level of match support when you were operating this program? Do you 
do you recommend that? What would be uh, um, the sustainable balance that, that balances quality and effectiveness with feasibility in terms of running a program like this? Uh, yes, I would say we we were careful in looking at what would be all the pieces of the role um, and considerations in terms of additional support, like he said. Um, we could see it being on a spectrum. So some youth might come from a very supportive home, um, supportive friends, supportive school, uh, and maybe the match doesn't require a lot of additional support. But then, you know, on that spectrum, we might have youth that we're serving that um, have many challenges and many uh, risks associated um, to them. So we see the need for the facilitator to be um, flexible and well-trained and um, provide that case-by-case -case support. And so it, it could be um, additional support, but I think there's quite a range within a, a caseload that they might see serving the youth. And I don't know if Alex has other thoughts for that since she's monitored matches within the program, but. Um, yes, Amy spoke well on to that each, um, you know, client or mentee coming into the program was looking or needing different things um, other than obviously just a, a mentor as well. Um, I think what I also provide a lot of times is just those external resources as well. So, um, you know, providing information for our local pride center and things and places that mentees may not already know that it's out there for them, um, such as maybe groups that they can attend that will have, you know, peer support um, so they can connect to other, um, you know, ki kids or peers their age that are maybe going through or, you know, wanting to even just make more or new friends um, because they might be losing some along the journey kind of thing. Um, so just connecting them to those, those sorts of resources, I think that was a really big um, help as well. I like the line, I, th I think it might have been the next page or the page after that, like, that was saying, remember, uh, your youth are, it's intersectional. They may be, they may be wrestling with their, uh, their sexual or gender identity, but they may also be experiencing poverty, or they may also be experiencing racism and all these other pieces. Mm -hmm. So remember that, uh, just as we adults are all complex, so are the young people. So I thought that was, that was a very, very, um, a good point to have included in the toolkit. Yeah, definitely. So a mentoring coordinator, uh, can you tell us about why this role is important? Well, uh, it's, you know, it's super important because um, from what we outline here in the guide, if they're enrolling the youth, they're building that relationship right off the bat, getting to know them so that uh, they can find the best fit of a mentor for that ch uh, child or youth. Um, so that relationship from the start with the youth and the family is key. Um, and then as well, getting to know the mentors and pairing them with the right person. Um, like Alex spoke to, providing those resources, supports, um, monitoring those matches is all important to keep um, them safe and happy and successful in their match relationship, uh, to answer any additional questions, um, and to keep providing resources as, you know, as things go along. You know, a nine-year-old uh, youth in this program probably has very different needs than a 16-year-old youth um, and, you know, based on their experiences, what they're going through. So we follow the same, you know, national standards with our agency in terms of monitoring, supporting, and, and our paperwork. However, uh, we recognize there might 
be a need for more connecting them to resources in the community as we are also not the experts in this area. We're not therapists, right? We're not um, providing all the education ourselves. We wanna point them in the, to the right places um, and the right uh, resources. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I, uh, that's why I loved uh, page 21 about training of the existing staff as well. Um, like we said at the outset, actually, I think before the webinar, we were talking about how um, all of our programs have uh, SGD mentors, mentees, all of them there and uh, already. Uh, it's it's a question of um, to what extent our, our programs are, are specializing in, in. And that's why I love page 21, because I think there's some great information here to think about that are I think good for all mentoring programs. And so uh, that was a helpful inclusion in this in this program guide. So uh, you mentioned a bit about mentor recruitment and engagement. Um, I noted you uh, in your preamble, you mentioned the challenges in uh, recruiting mentees. Um, how did you how did you uh, look for mentors for this program? Did you sort of um, try and triage through your existing mentor pool? Were you uh, looking at recruiting through specialized community partners or, or something else? What what would you recommend to, to, to newbies starting? So thinking back to when we um, launched our queer mentoring program in the agency, we had posted online on the website uh, where uh, we were looking for uh, queer mentors, essentially for the program. And we through that um, method, had a lot uh, apply. So, um, Interesting. yes, and because it was in partnership with the Pride Center, you know, they were also promoting it. Um, the staff were able to, you know, create pamphlets and that sort of thing. But um, just from identifying um, on the webpage alone that we had a standalone program, we saw quite a high enrollment of volunteers come through wanting to help. Uh, but that was not the case, like I said, for the youth, we quickly realized. Um, and so that took a lot of connecting for engaging youth um, by that facilitator going out to GSAs or existing, you know, groups with the Pride Center or, you know, trying to essentially find them um, and let them know that we have this program available to them. I think that's a really good point, because um, if you observed uh, the culture of Alberta in 2019, 2020, compared to 1995, 1996, you would see it's absolutely much more inclusive, the GSAs in schools, there's so many more supports that I think some people think, well, it must be easy to be a queer youth today. You can come out safely and have all of these uh, supports all around you everywhere, but that's not the case. And there's still a tremendous amount of anxiety. Yeah, for sure. I would agree with that. Um... Like I said, you know, they they might not be out to their family or not to out to everybody around them, right? So the level of um, uniqueness for each for each of them was, you know, so vast because they all had very different home circumstances or um, school situations or um, with their identity or where they were at. Uh, so it was very very case by case where we had to work with them. Um, around that and and with the parental permission piece, um, just assessing each one as it came. Mm -hmm. Right. So being very very thoughtful about the match. That's yeah. Sure. Noted. Um, let's keep going through the toolkit. So the different pieces about mentor screening and background checks and all of those. I, I think those are universally great, and I would encourage our our uh, our listeners to go and check out our resources at the Alberta Mentoring Partnership. We have more 
questions and supports and things for you to implement a great um, screening process and uh, to help you think about that. We definitely always always want to uh, um, always want to make sure that uh, we 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 followed followed best practices there. Um, we talked a bit about the challenges in um, uh, enrollment. How about let's talk about training? I would be curious about the mentee expectations. Uh, did you find that they were consistent or heightened compared to other programs? You know, for the most part, uh, we didn't see too much challenge around this piece. Um, other than a lot of the youth that were enrolling wanted maybe a different type of contact with the volunteers. So maybe they just wanted to be able to text with them quite frequently and not have to meet um, on a weekly or biweekly basis. Um, they, you know, wanted to have it set up a little bit differently to meet their needs. Um, in terms of the training, we would see that there would be great value in having some enhanced pieces in our existing national standards training that we offer. So that's where some of this guide um, speaks to that and what else they might require when they're coming through to our program that we should train them on at the, be at the beginning. I found that um, on page 31, the pieces around match support and uh, the idea of the match meeting and trying to match their group activities. Um, uh, I think that's an excellent practice for, for mentoring relationships in general when, when possible. Um, did you find it was helpful? Yeah, for sure. I mean, going back to just providing those extra resources outside of um, the match as well. Um, you know, we put on match activity nights and stuff like that. It really gave these um, mentees um, or these youth an, an opportunity to maybe perhaps meet other peers, um, you know, in the same program, possibly dealing with the same um, adversity or challenges that, um, you know, they could feel supported and maybe, um, again, make more friends and stuff like that. So just that circle of support um, within the program um, could also give them um, those external resources, um, you know, naturally. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and let's, let's, uh, there's some great content here that I don't want to just gloss over, um, but thinking through about activities, uh, identity development model, um, uh, thinking about how to how to develop better relationships, and even thinking through the closure. All of that is excellent, and uh, uh, I appreciated in the guide that you you had additional places for support. Um, uh, I one of the questions we usually get from usually one of our partners in a rural area is it's sometimes very difficult in a small center if you're in a community of a few hundred people to have these supports, but being able to tap in online to either other programs that are operating or resources or pride centers, et cetera, um, that can be a, a, a tremendous help. And we do know that um, almost all of the urban centers now in, in, in Alberta have um, some sort of a support center that people can tap into. We, we previously did a webinar with Scott Grace um, from Big Brothers Big Sisters of Calgary who talked about their prison program and PRISM, P-R-I-S-M, pardon me, um, and uh, he talked about um, how, how supportive that was and, and how different people are calling in. So to our listeners, I'd say absolutely don't be a stranger just because it's not in your community. Don't be shy about reaching out to, to another nearby centre um, with a little higher critical mass of support. Program evaluation, always, always one of our favourite topics. We need to know what we're doing is working. Um, did you, uh, when you do have a smaller program size, like say seven compared to a hundred, did you taper or do a different form of evaluation? What did that look like for you? 
Well, um, I'm trying to think back. We these are recommendations, I believe, for if you are going to run the program. Um, so in evaluating it, I think this is this is suggesting what what would be best practice um, to see how well it was implemented. But um, yeah, in terms of ours, because it was quite small, um, we did not go that route. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, I think that's um, uh, evaluation is important, but always, always custom. And when you're in a, uh, depending on the size of your program and the resources available, that can look quite different. So uh, um, having that formative feedback to keep improving your program is always, always helpful. And then in conclusion, we we uh, offer some additional contact info. I would say absolutely, uh, if you're listening today, wherever you are, you can always reach out to the Alberta Mentoring Partnership, and we'll connect you with other programs and agencies. And partners in Alberta who who uh, who can support you. So um, the appendix of material, I, uh, I strongly recommend going going through these. We have all of the needs that uh, from volunteer interview checklists to um, screening checks to um, insurance to to how uh, like anything you could possibly need to get your program started. Uh, you just find a printer and hit print, and we've got all sorts of different pieces available to you that you can use and customize and uh, um, and adapt. If you need any help with using these forms or changing them or anything else like that, definitely reach out to AMP as well. Um, we can help you uh, get these get these used in a, in a format that you need. So um, there's a number of different um, uh, pieces that I would recommend looking through, uh, recommended tips, uh, Tips for families, tips for mentees, tips for mentors, and uh, some wonderful, uh, some wonderful activities too. So I loved all of the, all of it. It was a wonderful uh, resource. Like I said, it, it's very, it's always good to have these to to provoke your thinking about whether um, how your program is operating. And and I've seen that before with our, our our refugee mentoring toolkit, our indigenous mentoring toolkit for many of our programs who have said, well, we don't specialize in that population or only that population, but the considerations and the reflections have helped us make a better space for all kids because we never know somebody who we 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 uh, we know may uh, go through a, a uh, sexual and gender diverse journey themselves later on in life and and um, if we can be there to support that through strong caring relationships that's that's great um, at this time we'll go to the questions from the audience if you have any questions um, please do type them in we'll give you a few minutes um, and. Uh, you can just note them on the side there. And if not, I'm just gonna tell you about where you can find more information. Absolutely visit albertamentors.ca and we can uh, we can help you through our various channels, through uh, technical support for your program or by connecting you with other partners in Alberta. So just looking at the questions here. Um, a couple of questions about the links in the in the document. Um, we can we can provide those in the show notes afterwards, like the link to the mentor guide uh, and and some of the other resources that we we discussed. Um, there was a question about working with families. Um, Do you have any advice on working with families? Do they have anything specific they're wondering about, or just in general? Just in general. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, you know. Like we mentioned earlier, being very thoughtful in your approach, um, recognizing that families will have a varying degree of knowledge or experience or education around um, SGD youth and um, the community. So 
you know, there's, they're typically coming to us, if it's the parents applying, they're seeking that support um, for their child, which is fantastic. Um, you know, and just approaching it, like I said, as a thoughtful um, lens, because you're not sure exactly where they are at and, and what they're looking for fully in this program at times. I think, I think I, I can't imagine um, for uh, a lot of parents who all want to serve their their, their family as best as possible. They may have a lot of questions and apprehensions or mis, misinformation as well. So I think I, I, I appreciated in the guide how there was a lot of information about connecting with families. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a huge piece when we, when they first apply um, and at least in Edmonton, you know, we're calling them back and just verifying their application, answering questions right off, you know, from the start. Um, getting to know them in the interview, you know, training them there. So there's a lot of that relationship built with our staff um, right away and helping them see, you know, more about the program and learning what this could mean for their child. I had a question about uh, social media guidelines. Um, did you have an example in either already in your program uh, or elsewhere? Uh, a listener asked where they can find examples of social media guidelines for mentoring programs. Oh, yes. Well, within our agency guidelines um, for all matches, not just SGD, um, we have a bit more of a blanket policy that we've adapted in the last couple of years. Uh, so really ensuring that the parents and the volunteer and the youth are comfortable um, regarding uh, what kind of contact they want on social media and monitoring that. Um, but overall, we allow them to make the best decisions and if there are concerns to come back to us. Um, for the most part, we found that we can't keep up with social media platforms. Uh, yeah. They're always changing. Yeah. Uh, and so to kind of contain it that way, we, we can share our policy um, or a guideline around that if anyone's interested. So I, I think that's a really good point because now social media is so omnipresent everywhere that um, just to have something like saying, no, you must only contact your mentee by phone. It just doesn't make sense anymore. Right? Yeah, exactly. We found it was not realistic because we knew matches were contacting each other anyways. And and for most of the times it was, um, it's fine. Uh, you know, there, there's nothing inappropriate there or, you know, there, it's just a way to connect over Facebook chat if, you know, the individual doesn't have a phone available or or whatever the case. So we tried to be a little bit more open-ended and approach it that way. And um, uh, another question about heightened concerns around confidentiality. Uh, some of these youth may be out to their mentor, they may be out to the program staff, they may not be out to others. How, um, when you're working with the mentors and doing training, how, how do you manage that dynamic? That one has been and still is a big one for us that we, I, to be honest, we haven't fully answered. Um, within our standards, the, uh, children that are 16 and under, or sorry, under 16, uh, we have to have the parental consent to participate in the mentoring program. Um, that changes with our standards for over 16. However, we've just had to approach it very case by case, um, gather the information that we're able to, um, and ensure that we're not causing any harm. So, yeah, it's a little bit tricky to answer as like a, a process, um, but I would say that's our that's been our approach so mm -hmm. far. I think there is in the guide, I can't remember what page it is, but there is a section on confidentiality that just thinking about when you're training the mentor and, and just being mindful of these things and 
and uh, the language we use and how you may be out in public and other people may, you know, they, you always have to be mindful of confidentiality in these, in these, in these matters. So, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, was there anything else you want to share about the resource or your journey and this work? I think we've been um, surprised by how wonderful it's been for some of our matches that Alex has overseen. Um, like she says, she has seven matches right now. And um, I think it's been really meaningful for those youth to have a mentor that they connect so um, on this level with. Um, and in so many other ways, uh, we don't match based on just your SGD lens, right? Um, we're still matching based on their interests, um, you know, their needs, their whatever they're hoping for in the mentor. Uh, so it's still so much just about they're just teens and children looking for that positive adult support um, and to see it have, you know, be so positive for them in this program and with what Alex has seen in those matches has been really special, I think. Mm -hmm. I think I think everyone within the match is getting something out of it. And uh, it's not just focus the youth, it's also the mentor. I've heard a lot of feedback and stuff saying that, you know, they're, they get to reflect back on, you know, their time of when they were going through it, or they've also made a new friend. And then also, like we had spoken on the families as well, they also get that extra support uh, for someone to maybe chat with for their child that's going through that. Um, everyone benefits and it's, it's a really neat thing to watch and grow and see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think um, uh, it, gender and all of, the, all of these pieces are so complicated. And we just had this um, male mentoring uh, event uh, two weeks ago at the, with, through the Alberta Mentoring Partnership where we we're talking about recruiting more men into mentoring relationships. And one of the comments that kept coming up uh, in the room was there's no one way to be a man. There's no one way to be a woman and to, and to um, uh, you may have some youth who are really interested in going to an automotive show, others who are absolutely not interested in going to an automotive show and there's no right or wrong. It's just who we are and, and all of us as people are very complicated and, uh, and acknowledging that. So um, I, I hear that, that, you're saying the in terms of activities and everything else, you'll have some SGD youth who would love to go to a drag show, some who may not, some who want to go to the automotive show or something else, and and that's that's okay. We're dealing with with uh, unique people and, and unique interests, and we just try and be inclusive of it. Yeah, and you know, I think it's taught us a lot. Um, this is an agency, and um, you, like you said earlier. Uh, serving all of our youth and our mentors better and um, making sure as an agency we've got a lot in place in the training and the understanding and the knowledge um, to support our matches the best we can. Very well said. Well, thank you both very much for your time and all of your work serving, serving Alberta's young people. Uh, I would encourage anybody listening to visit Alberta Mentors Excuse me, I would encourage anybody listening uh, to visit albertamentors.ca to learn more about how you can enhance and expand your mentoring relationship wherever you are in our schools or community. Uh, we want to support you in uh, helping serve more young people. So uh, we'll conclude the webinar here and encourage you to uh, uh, subscribe to the podcast if you have not done so already to hear our other professional development opportunities. Thank you so much and have a great day.